Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Christy. Hey, Will. How are you? I am so excited. This episode of I Hear Voices is just going to be so amazing with our guest. You know, it's funny. We talk about that with all our guests, how excited we are. And we genuinely are excited for all of our guests because we are getting the best in the business all the way around. But Mm -hmm. the guest we have on today uh, is not only an incredible voiceover actor in a number of animated projects, but also brings his voice acting to live action in a way I've almost never seen before. It is truly remarkable, and I can't wait to get into it with him. Who's coming today, Christy? Mr. Alan Tudyk. Yay! Alan's here! Yay! I hear voices! We have been wanting to have you on for so long. You have no oh, yeah. idea. You're like months one of the months. dream guests. Really? Yeah. Um, that doesn't... Well, you know, yeah. you know I, I guess I'll launch right into this. Here's okay. why I, you're one of the dream guests for me. Okay. As I'm huge into the voiceover, the animation world, but you take what seems to be the prep for voiceover and apply it to on-camera characters. Yep. So how important is finding the voice of whatever character you're doing? And I mean that literally, not the acting standpoint, but the yeah. actual voice of your on-camera character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's re- I find it, it's almost like a mask. You know, if you're playing someone who has an English accent, you know, whatever, then it takes care of so much of your character immediately. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so much of it is done. I, the first job I ever had on stage, so acting on stage and how I got into mm-hmm. voiceovers was doing 20-something characters in a play about Gilda Radner that Alan Zweibel wrote. And I, wow. so I would walk on stage and I'd be like this guy who's a cameraman at, at SNL and, you know, well, you know, get out of the way. I'd, you know, and then I was a French white there who 
he's, has a hair in his mouth and this little excuse me I cannot hold on a minute and there's a, like a hair bit and then I run off stage and I change clothes and I came back on oh, this hysterical woman who is so upset because her boyfriend just left her and she doesn't know what she's gonna do and then I'd run off stage and come back on as a guy who uh, <laughs> he's my favorite blue blue who lost his thumbs in the lathe accident that's how I lost his eye and so I, I got to play <laughs> 20 roles that were distinguished mainly by costume but voice vo of different voices and uh it's how I got my start in New York wow. it was my first play off Broadway and I I got good notices and it gave me it gave casting directors the ability to cast me then you know like they're like oh he's mm -hmm. got a he's popular right now so we can cast him so I got another job <laughs> wow. and then you know, was able to get small jobs in film and small and, and but I got my first uh, voiceover from a casting director who saw me in that and she brought me in to do Ice Age. And okay. she just gave me a stack of pictures of like these great photos of different characters. She's like, there'd be like a, I think like a line or two at the bottom of the character. And she's just like, look at the character read the line how you think that character might sound and i did it for the stack and then got done and she's like i heard back that i had three i got three roles and wow. they all were like one line each pretty much i was like i think it was me and some a couple other people did the dodo birds prepare for the ice age and uh some version of that and then there was one I couldn't stand the voice. I was I didn't like it. They picked it, and I was like, "Really? You want me to do that?" He was like this big, this big, heavy uh, uh, saber tooth in the beginning. There was a lot of saber tooth tigers. Oh, I'm hungry, and they're like, "Yeah, that." And I thought it was trash, but it's in there. And then um, <laughs> there was one. Oh, it was a. Uh, it's called Weird Dinosaur. It was like, "Hey, why do you think they call it the Ice Age?" And I think that's like a. <laughs> It was like a version of some cartoon character I'd heard growing up. Anyway. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm still stuck on the fact that the first play you did, you played 20 characters. <laughs> yeah, right. That's still yeah, the thing go, that's echoing through my back, mind. Let's go back, right? Let's go back, Will. Let's start at the beginning in terms well, of just like. Yeah. Where, so did you, did you grow up around the entertainment industry? I mean, did you know that you wanted to do this forever? How did you find this? I, I didn't grow up around it. Um my mom put me into the Plano Community Theater. I grew up in Plano, Texas. Ah, so she put me yeah. in the community theater, and that was where I did a fabulous fable factory, if you know it. The kids tend to do this. Uh, it's, it's morals and fables. and um, Sure. I played uh, the city rabbit. It's like, hey, I think they call him the jive-talking rabbit. He's like, hey, what's going on? And uh, he's like, I can beat this guy. I mean, yeah, yeah, he talked like that. And so it was a, kind of a voice as well. It was a voice. Um, uh, and I remember inviting, so I was 11. I remember inviting the wow. kids from the neighborhood came to see it because we did it at the mall. <laughs> like you do. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> in the big stage. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and like, it was like a converted, I don't know, storage room or something. It wasn't like in the... You know, people with churros and stuff. It was in a room <laughs> that they made into a, a little theater space. And 
the neighborhood, my neighborhood friends came and I remember that they were impressed and they didn't trash me about it. It was like, so you're so open and ready to be, you know, made fun of for what, you know, if you put yourself yeah. out there and they didn't, and they were kind of impressed. So that was how it started. I, I got into it in, in, you know, just acting in public school. And then I was going to quit because I was really, yeah. Cause I wasn't, I w I didn't go into theater because I didn't like the theater. You had to choose either theater or speech. And I liked speech tournaments. Did y'all ever do those mm -hmm. things? Were what is a speech tournament? It's no, it's like debate team right. and speech. And, oh, okay. You know, it's just like an extracurricular for you to do. Right. You go to and other speech schools. is really amazing. Oh, speech wow. Is really but amazing. they had, have that. They had improv. They had group improv. So you would like pick four, four or five people in your team and you go, you pull three topics and they would be like uh, eggs frying in a pan and you'd go, okay. And they give you three minutes with your five people to come up with a scene and you come back in and you do it. And then there was preliminary semifinals, finals, and you won a trophy. And there was an impromptu <laughs> where you was just you and you got 60 seconds to come up with my microwave blew up and you're like, all right. Um, and I would use characters. It's wow, it's wild. I haven't done, but I would always use a character. I won. There you go. I got to go to. I won first with that uh, French. Uh, my microwave blew up. Ooh, it's and it, <laughs> uh, it was the worst day of my life. And you know, some that's almost Italian. You have a great memory, Alan. Well, I, I was yeah. When we were young, those and those those moments were big. You know, those were. Yeah. Those were high. So you high. were like, so do you feel like you were gaining confidence along the way of taking these big risks with voice acting over over these these kind of opportunities for yourself? I just saw it as acting and just having fun. It was it was fun. I liked I liked winning trophies, yeah. <laughs> but that was like <laughs> something <laughs> because I was not sporty. I I didn't I was I didn't care. I, I liked playing yard football. I liked tackling and stuff like that. I, I wasn't like afraid to get hurt. I loved that kind of thing, but I did. I hated football players. They were sort of ran the school and they were mean. And uh, in Texas, you don't say. I was just let's say yeah. The Texas, <laughs> at least Texas isn't isn't big for football. Yeah. That's good. I live in Austin. Oh I wow, live in Austin, really? So yeah, yeah. That's where I am right now. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I mean. I it seems almost like maybe you don't you didn't even realize that you've been doing character voices your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, I did a yeah. I remember I did a a play with some older kids. Like back then they were adults, but they were only 18. But when I was 11, like after I had done that one summer thing, I did this thing and there was a guy who and uh I was doing this lisp voice and the 18 year old guy's like, you're doing it wrong. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm just saying this is this thing. And he goes, no, come back, bring your tongue back behind your teeth and do it like this. So that way you can just do this and you still have a lisp, but you don't have to do that. And I was like, oh, wow. Like my brain went, no way. And at the end of that summer, I had a, a, a better lisp voice and anyway. Yeah, so I was interested in, in the mechanics of it all, even at twelve. Wow. <laughs> now, were you uh, were you an animation fan growing up? Did you have like favorite cartoons that you would watch religiously? I loved Warner Brothers. 
Yeah. I love one. I still, I still laugh at them. I'm, uh, if you have, where are they? HBO? I think they're on HBO now. Yeah, Warner Brothers. Um, they go back so far. If if anybody wants to wants to get their Bugs Bunny back on, there are characters that are Mel Blank. Ugh, Mel Blank. Mel Blank yep. doing. I know. He's doing the Bugs Bunny voice, but they haven't come up with Bugs Bunny yet. Like it's a a weasel or something. And like they mm. they go way back, and you can watch all of them, and it's so many years worth of cartoons. So I, I love. Would you say you've watched like all of that? Do you feel like you're a walking encyclopedia of that Warner Brothers I, animation? I have I have a certain section that I had a you could buy DVDs of of Warner Brothers. Did you? I got. I, yeah. I didn't know that. I. Oh yeah. I. Do you have them? Look at Will's. Look at behind Will. Oh, wow. He has all of those things. Are yeah. He's. No, these aren't DVDs. These are my fa- these are novels. Those oh, are all fantasy my fantasy novels. novels. Yeah, other yeah, yeah. Nerdy, I'm a fantasy nerdy, nerd. Nerdy cool. But my, uh, but, but the, the the DVD stuff. Yeah, you can. You, you, that was like the in the 80s. They would also sell those as like the complete sets on TV. Like every week, you get a new yes. Bugs Bunny kind of set. Yeah, oh, it was like a new Tex Avery or yeah. So there's DVDs and then also CDs. This was this. I bought a CD of just audio that I would listen to. Oh, of oh, that's interesting. How old were you? 27. <laughs> as an adult. Yeah, was, you did this as, as an, an adult. adult. Okay. All I'd right, listen got it. to it and laugh my ass off because it was yeah. all of that old, like, vaudeville. I loved vaudeville. I loved all that old stuff. Me too. I'd watch old Jack Benny with Mel Blanc. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. On Jack Benny doing his inc- – God, his voice was incredible. Yeah. No, he was one of those – it's one of those times where – and I know you've, you've undoubtedly worked with people like this all the time where – you think, well, at least I do, I'll call it myself, I think I'm good at what I do. Yeah. And then I stand next to a man or a woman who takes it to another level, and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm yeah. here. Like, what? I shouldn't be in this <laughs> room right now. I'll see myself out. Yeah. It yeah. Is, it's that with uh, when you get people like like some of the Corey Burtons and the, the Rob Paulsons and all the kind of people you're working with. Yeah. Um, Nolan. Nolan North. I I was, know that's, Nolan. that's the one for me, is Nolan North. Nolan is the same way. I mean, I've known Nolan for years and years and years and years, and the first time I worked with him, you just kind of go, and thanks, everybody, yep. I'm out. Yep. Um, where they're just, you take, it to another level but that's the thing I always thought was so interesting about you is it was from an acting standpoint like you took a voiceover actor and went on camera yeah and it was just such a strange kind of combination of the two crafts and I, I know it sounds ridiculous but I can't think of another actor that embodies that the way you do because it doesn't matter what role you're in it seems almost like the and again I don't know your process but it seems almost like the voice you pick the voice yeah. like here's the character and the character's based on the voice and then the rest of it kind of molds around that which is what you do in VO yeah it kind of it it all kind of happens at once but the best VO comes like I've made I've had the benefit of being taught how to do voiceover by well like <laughs> I didn't really start doing because I did that way back when I did Ice Age and so that would have been like 1997, 98. But I didn't get another job really until Wreck-It Ralph because I smoked cigarettes. Oh, wow. I think because I smoked. 
We were just talking about We just that, talked about something, but I, I was a heavy smoker too, and, and it was... Uh, since the time he was 11. Yeah, oh, and I was wow. doing... He was 11 kids kids things so it's like you got to be 14 and it's like i've already been smoking for 10 years <laughs> my god it was that same Total. kind of yeah that same kind of feeling so but the wreck it route it's also you, i mean did you do any um any kind of daytime animation stuff like like superhero things or was it all kind of film i got some i got i, I got some superhero stuff but i always felt like i was a it was like Firefly, um, uh, mm -hmm. they they brought me in to just to be somebody, but I would, I was like the I was the one person in there. Like, why am I, why am I here? All these other people are so much better at this. That's when I met Nolan, uh, Nolan North. And I was like, well, this is yeah. so ridiculous. Like, I do. I would do like seven, eight takes of my thing. And then they, everybody was just like, one, two, they're done. Uh, and they were nailing it. So I did, I was brought in for that stuff, but honestly, my voice couldn't do a whole lot because of it. it smoking really affected my voice. Cause I also, I also smoked weed. So I would, <laughs> I was doubling up on my burning. Yeah, up. actually um, marijuana is worse for your vocal cords. Really? Um, yeah, it? I had um, open throat surgery on two nodules, what? and when I was doing my yeah, I'm a singer um, from my past, and so uh, they they told me that marijuana smoke is actually um, double the amount of effect for your voice than really? cigarette smoke. Mm. Yeah, wow. Just, In every other way, it it's up. better though. In every other way, I'm sure, and it's it legal is. too. Well, yeah. That's so, Lachaim, you know what I mean? <laughs> they yeah. taught us at school uh, at Juilliard. They taught us. Um, which was probably a, is a huge, uh, was a huge help for me and accents and things to, that taught yeah. me a, a lot as far as the mechanics of your voice, because it's, mm -hmm. it was primarily a voice school. I thought when I was there, I was like, we take more voice than we do acting. Interesting. But Kevin right. said that too. Yeah. Kevin Conroy said the same thing. Yeah. You do. It, it was a bit obscene, but it was so helpful ultimately, but they're also teaching you weird stuff. Like I was out when they're like. You're saying door. It's not that. It's door. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I would think that that attention to detail, even in your your sort of training, was it helpful, do you feel like, over time? Do you feel like you found some fundamentals in your body when you just go to a I couldn't have done... 90% 90% of what I've done without going to that school. And I hated that school when I was there. I left in my yeah. third year. I hated it. <laughs> oh, you left, yeah. really? Yeah, I left. I left. I was, I was over it. Um, my class yeah. was crazy. My class was crazy. And what happens- <laughs> like, in, like crazy good or crazy, no, like, no, you know, no. I mean, crazy chaos? We were all chaos. wonderful people, I'm sure, individually. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but when you put us together, we were garbage. We were just, we were- garbage people we were the worst versions of ourselves with one another but like a guy killed a guy after he left uh guy was in his third year was you know in the um you're not gonna top killed a guy but you know one of my friends is he died from heroin because there's a lot of drugs was crack yeah first year crack yeah and then and then crack it's new york city man gave way to heroin and there was like, yeah. I remember having a party at my apartment one time and half of the place was just knotted out on junk. Like it was like right during that time Pulp Fiction came out. And although if you watch the movie, the story, if you say, what is the moral of this story is don't do heroin here. This is going to yeah. get a thing, a plunger in your chest and doesn't look like it's fun. But it was made to look very beautiful. <laughs> You know, like glamorous, yeah, cool. Like yeah, that out. heroin chic. It was Boom. heroin chic time. Yeah, and yeah. everybody did it. I did not. Did you know you, that kind of. I, I'm sorry. That wait. Kind I, of I, remind, I, yeah. I just. I was gonna. 
Did you say you killed the guy? No, I didn't. The no, guy killed the guy. he didn't say he killed the guy. Okay, he said he that's what the guy who killed the guy. No, uh, this guy right? who I was in class with <laughs> in my first year, they ended up kicking him out because he was he barely come to class and he was obviously too young. He was eighteen. He had emotional. But everybody's got emotional issues in acting school. Sure, uh, sure. But yeah. his seemed to be of a different caliber. And so they said, leave and get your, get it together and you can come back. And so he left for a year, joined the army, I think, or something. But oh, okay. That's what I was, my husband's a former Marine and, and we hear some similar stories. Really? There's, I, well, I'm there's, sure yeah, that PTSD attracts a certain, like you, yeah. you can be a good Marine in one aspect, I'm sure, and then have the other mm -hmm. part be kink, kink. And that's the same with sure. acting. Yep. Sure. I'm crazy sure. and it works for my acting, but kink, kink. Yeah. I might kill you. And he did. He 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 ended up anyway, he got kicked out. When he came back, they even said so, you gotta go and he killed somebody. So you were like, this is toxic, Juilliard, as good as you are and as much of the I was afraid I was gonna get on heroin. There was some there was some yeah. other problems. Um yeah. and so I, I actively worked to get out of school, <laughs> to get any connection yeah. I could outside of school. And that's where I found that play, Bunny Bunny. I lucked out into this summer program uh, called New York Stage and Film, which still goes on up in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mm -hmm. And I went up for one read, one workshop read through with David Strathairn, which was just so cool. And it was the first first play I ever did on stage. I was ten. It was with David Strathairn and Mary McDonald. We did a Doll's House you in Connecticut. That. Yeah. yeah, we're from Connecticut. Yeah, we're from yeah, the Hartford the Hartford stage. Yeah, Mark Lamos. Yeah, it was I, great. It was great. Yeah, I had no idea how how fortunate I was as an actor at ten years old. You can't to be working with them, yeah. but it was but it was still great. Yeah, that's great. Cool yeah, cool experience. Yeah, so I did did, did but you like stayed in the in the dorms there at Poughkeepsie, and there were a lot of people there that. Um, uh, everybody was just kind of moving and, and they were all the people who were popping up and even the directors were directors who were starting to get a hold in the New York theater and some have had a play yeah. but they haven't had their big play yet and and so there was a lot of people that were important there and then, and then they said hey we want you to do this workshop where you play all these roles and I did Bunny Bunny was the play and I did that for two weeks and then somebody fell out of a play and I did that play. And so I just stayed up there the whole summer. I had waited tables like crazy during the year and had enough money that I didn't have to work that summer. And it just like, it was this lucked out really, like I can't believe I thought ahead enough to, you know, I don't even know why I saved money, but I did. It wasn't my style. <laughs> to save money back then. But I, I did. Cause you said you liked the trophies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, made enough contacts that summer that um i got out of school that next year and then and then that Smart. play um yeah i could go into a room i auditioned or i just had a meeting at an agency and i had met enough people that i could like i dropped every name that i had <laughs> well if they say fake it till you make yeah, it and i truly did i was like the, every director every playwright every person in the in paradigm they signed me for a year. Oh, that's awesome. And that was in New York, yeah? Yeah. Still in New York. Yeah. Okay. And then Bunny cool. Bunny um, did workshops and we did it. We went to Philly first and then we came to New York and then I was hireable after that. 
but I was broke. Now, it, <laughs> I was broke. Anyway, good times. Is yeah. there is there a, a a style of acting that you prefer? I mean, do you do you like doing on camera comedy? Do you like doing on camera drama? Or do you like doing voiceover? Yeah, <laughs> all of them. Uh, Hard I like them all for their own particular thing. I, I, the thing about on camera that is that I, I guess if I had to pick one, it's on camera and comedy, probably comedy, because that's where my brain goes. Yeah. Um, it's, I used to, I would have, like 10 years ago, I would have said, I want to do drama. Nah, I don't know. It's just my head, my head's wired to do comedy. It's what I, it's when something makes me laugh, it sticks in my head in a way that uh, I can access it later. Um, and by doing, I did plays in the beginning, I did new plays. So I saw how jokes can be retold. Like it's, you don't just, there's a joke, but when we did Bunny Bunny, it'd be like, okay, so uh, Blue is, uh, he's the guy, he's got no eye, he's this, that, the other thing. Um, he comes up to the character and he starts to harass him. All right, we do it for an audience. It does not get laughs. This doesn't work, that doesn't mm -hmm. work. Okay, so we're switching it around. Then the playwright comes in, Alan's Y. Bell comes in with a new script. Here you go, this is the scene now. Now he comes to ask you for something. And now the same joke that worked where you delivered the punchline, he delivers the punchline this time and you've won up him with a new punchline. And I, in doing that, all the different iterations that we did it, I got, I learned by doing it in front of audiences, how to, how jokes are constructed and how, how scenes work and how humor is made. And I did that with a Paul Rudnick play too, uh, called, called Most Fabulous Story Ever Told that we did workshops of. And for almost a year I did this play and oh my God, was it, it was very broad and it was very funny. And, uh, so I, I learned I learned comedy that way. So th those so like if a joke sticks in my head, it's not just the joke; it's the mechanics of the joke or what made sure. the joke funny, so that in another situation you can do a, the same thing completely differently. Yeah, uh, it's like well, are you are you a musician? Are you do you have do you have a musical background at no, all? No, I wish I I no. See, I'm the well, same way. So I don't either. So much of landing a joke is like so musical. much of landing a joke is tonal. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like how you're using your your instrument, your voice instrument, as as how to land that, the mechanics of that. That's really interesting. But it's funny because I think about like somebody like Nolan, who who's that same, who's just naturally funny, <laughs> and you can use the mechanics of just having a conversation with Nolan or somebody like Nolan, where it's like, oh, and then I'm just, if I just tweak this one thing. I can use it completely. I maybe make it a nice, clean joke as opposed to a Nolan North joke. Yeah, Nolan's and, thing. But you, yeah, but use the same kind of mechanics that that somebody like that did, and yeah. you're just constantly learning from the people around you, which is the thing that I love to do. Yeah, um, and and so many jokes are, man in trouble. You know, you know, like yeah. just the. Oh, I don't know. So I guess I would say can comedy and on camera, and the reason on camera because the stakes are higher because you're going to be on yeah. camera. And you can't just redo it. Um, on camera, you do have the ability to redo it. On stage, you do not. Um, yeah, that's for sure. I did uh, spam a lot, and I was the French taunter in one of the scenes. The, the you know from uh, if if you know the Monty Python, yes, uh, Holy sure. Grail, Quest for the Holy Grail, uh, mm -hmm. and you walked on your knees for this whole thing. Oh. And, 
eight oh shows a week. Bum, 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 getting from one oh, side of the no. castle to the other side of the castle. Uh, and a lot of it was like very physical. Your head, you did like a goofy head thing and all this stuff. But yeah, I, I was had a very pronounced limp by the end of the six months that I oh, did that. Jeez. But again, six that was months, very eight shows a week. Charactery stuff, mm -hmm. and that <laughs> came from Bunny Bunny because they were recasting. Hank Azaria had to leave before uh, unexpectedly, and uh, they needed somebody who could play Lancelot, who was a knight and the French Taunter, and then um, uh, Tim the Enchanter, who has a Scottish accent, which I can't do anymore because I could barely do it when I did it. I would only do some kind of Billy <laughs> Connolly. I would basically was trying to be Billy Connolly all the time. I'm like, he's time, time, time. I don't know. Um, Eric Idle was like, that's not really a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eric. You're so funny. Uh, that Thank wasn't you. a joke, Alan. That wasn't a joke. Um, <laughs> that was one of the greatest, the greatest things that ever happened in my entire career. I was uh, doing, uh, I was on a sitcom called Boy Meets World cool. for a lot of years, and we were next to Third Rock from the Sun, and I saw John Cleese, and I walked out and I said. Mr. Cleese, I, I just have to tell you that I think you're brilliant and, uh, you know, you're one of my biggest inspirations. And he looked down yeah. at me because he's nine <laughs> feet tall. And he said, um, what, what, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm, I, I do a show. Uh, he goes, what, what show? I said, it's called Boy Meets World. He went, oh, yes, unfortunately, I've heard of it and turned and walked away. <laughs> And it was the greatest because I could tell he was insulting me, but it was also tongue in cheek. And I walked in back to the stage going, that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. That's the single greatest thing that will ever happen in my career just happened right now. And it was just the best. Oh, my God. Yes, unfortunately, I've heard of it. And then he turned and left. It was just amazing. And it was, oh, God, I loved it. I loved everything about it. He, uh... Oh, my. So... Uh, if if there is there a I mean going back to something like a Spamalot or something like Monty Python you you talked about um, being so inspired by the kind of the the vaudevillians mm -hmm. and Jerry Lewis and things like what is there was there a comedy team like a troupe that you Mel looked Brooks. up to as well I just liked Mel Brooks and, and yeah. I, like not a team but like when I was young the first comedy because it is a very immature comedy uh, there's it, it you can grow into Mel Brooks. Yes. Yeah, you can. That's a good point. I guess the joke about with him in the Last Supper, and as a Catholic kid, I got it. You know, um, uh, he's the ah. waiter. Mel Brooks is the waiter <laughs> for the Last Supper. Okay, so are we all on one check, or are we all doing separates? <laughs> I want to recommend the mold wine. Could you please leave us alone? Jesus Christ! Yes. What? Yes. Yeah. What? Oh my God! I I always found him to be that guy that you loved as a kid, like uh -huh. when you were younger in the comedy world, and then you'd think you outgrew him in your twenties, and then you find him again in your thirties or forties, and you're like, "This is yeah. genius! What? How did yeah. I? How did I lose this for ten years?" They, yeah, yeah, man. Hard, oh. hard, yeah, absolutely. Young Frankenstein, and I love Gene Wilder, and I I loved all of Mel Brooks, oh, me too, all of his stuff, and then I liked Monty Python, and yeah. yeah me too. And then I found, oh, I like the Smothers Brothers a lot. My parents had the album. Great. Um, uh, an, an album of theirs. And I just, I love that bit that they have with the, there's one of their bits where he throws uh, to Tommy. And he's like, take it. No. 
<laughs> and it, just that. What? <laughs> no, I don't want to take it. What? You have to take it. No, I don't want to take it. It's just that simple. They were brilliant. I always my favorite one of theirs is Tommy is 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 trying to fall asleep. He's in the bed falling asleep, and Mama Cass Elliot is serenading oh, wow. him. And it's she's very softly serenading him, and he's starting to doze. And then she hits the high notes, and he's like shooting up in bed. Oh yeah, got oh they they were just amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's like cartoon, it's cartoon. But that's, that's the thing true. that that's, that's what I mean. It seem, you seem to yeah. be gravitating towards like that, like even Hank Azaria, somebody else who's like the living cartoon right. character voicing right. kind of acting. And yeah. it's such a specialized little niche. There's like three <laughs> of you that do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's and pretty, do it so yeah, well. It's lucky. Yeah. It's lucky. It's, a lucky thing. it's a lucky thing to find. Um, uh, yeah, I hope I get to keep doing it. Um, well, that's one thing we asked for. for <laughs> so a, for a dream role. On camera, voiceover. A lot of people what, say the Joker, which is so funny. Yeah, which to is me. funny, which you've done. Yeah. But anything on camera, voiceover, you get to be cast as whatever you want to be. What's the role? Oh, on camera too. Okay. Anything. Anything. You usually I'm say voiceover. Wow. Um, you know what? I would like to play a, uh, a guy um, on camera, man in trouble character. Um, but he, he has a romantic interest Yeah. and I, I know that I don't have to be the lead. I'd probably be a small, you know, like the, you, you want to get a young in there. You want to get a young, uh, angular person <laughs> in there. It's very right. Angular. angular. I disagree. That's not nearly as interesting. Sexy. It isn't. Well, all right. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, then if oh, it's a dream, then yes, I even in my dream I'm making myself a supporting role. Yeah, I was gonna say you're the you're the second lead in your dream. I want to be six on the call sheet. Um, <laughs> that's I love that. That's your own but, dream, uh, and you're the, it's your dream. Yeah, you're not even starring. You know, I'm, I'm in it. I wrote it. You're too humble. I'm directing it, and I got a huge budget for some reason. It's amazing. There you go. Yeah. I love this. We're yes. manifesting this. Yes. Yes. Uh, starring Star- Nolan no, North. No, no, well, and, also yeah. with Alan Tudyk. No, no, actually, guys, I do have a question. So in terms of manifesting and sort of being the man mm-hmm. in trouble characters, Con Man came out right. a few years ago. I remember because I had started doing cons more frequently. It was even before oh, Will wow. was doing them. Um, and Con Man started and it was taking off and I was super excited about it for you guys and secretly jealous. I was like, oh, how do I get on that show? It was for the folks that were doing cons at the time. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I mean, what is that like to be a part of the con community for people? I'm just really curious your take on it and where you're at. I miss it, it because I haven't been going because of COVID. <clears throat> I'm going next year. Mm. I just had this thing. I love it. I love the fans. And I and especially through Con Man, I learned well. 47,000 fans gave us $3 million to make our, make this show. Yeah. And then we made comic and we made ga- a I game. Know. And, and then we were able through that to do a second season. So, and, and I directed a lot and I wrote them and I got to got the second season. I got to hire people to write and uh, write with me. <laughs> I mean, that was like, if you go to college, you know, you think like, what you're going to learn in school. Like I learned so much through that thing. And I, and a lot of it, I'm, I'll just say 
much of it I'm very proud of. Some of it I'm, I really like the writing. Uh, <laughs> some, some of the writing, not all of it. I, That's awesome. Yeah. But in editing, we didn't. Anyway, uh, but uh, I still have <laughs> I love you're re-editing re your own show that, that from years ago already in your head. Bumping himself down to six. <laughs> uh, it was very cool. But during that, one of the things that I did was I said, any, any offer to do a con, I'm going to take. Because I don't want to, you know, if, if there are people who want to say hi, and I'm going to do it. So I did tons of cons. Even while we were shooting the thing, I would go away and do a con. So I became, uh, I felt very close to the con community, especially they were in it. You know, they were part yeah. of it. They were they were the fans and were playing fans in the show and bringing their costumes. And then we would like, if there's like a role that has a line or something, I would just grab somebody. Oh, that was, that was brilliant to be able to do. She'd be like, Hey, say, do you want to say a line? Come yeah. over here. You can do this. Like we were, it was so much fun to be in charge for that type of reason to just be like, I need somebody here. You're going to do it. And that was pretty brilliant and eating lunch with everybody. Yeah. Anyway, I got pretty close and I just had this thing, I, uh, D23 this weekend, this past weekend. Yeah, okay. we, yeah were we were there. just there. We were we there. We were there yesterday. So yeah. I, I went out on stage, which was very nice of them to ask me to do this. I'm going to be in Wish, but it's been, oh, I know. It's so exciting. And it's, but it's 10 it's, years since I've started, since I've worked with them, and it, and they really are responsible. Disney is responsible for me having a voiceover career at, um, because they, King Candy, just like how Bunny Bunny did, it opened the door for other people to hire me. They're like, well, Alan did this and it, it went well. He, he can, can do, do this, this too. And, and, and so I got other, other jobs and I've been, and that was 10 years ago and I've learned a lot in 10 years, but I, and, and it's, it's all because of them. Uh, but that I'm the guy, I'm not the, uh, I'm not Gal Gadot. I know a lot of people think I, I'm, I'm not Gal Gadot. <laughs> I have to tell people every are, are you yeah. sure? People are like, oh my God, are you Gal Gadot? I mean, you are to some people. Uh, but like, I feel like there's the stars of the thing. And then like, right. I did King Candy on a fluke. I got the job because somebody fell out who had a name to do the read through. And my agent called me and said, hey, um, can you do an Edwin voice? They want an Edwin voice. And I told them you can. And I said, well, because I went to the Museum okay. of Radio and Television, I knew who Edwin was. And he was, I used yeah. to, I've seen some of his episodes. And he's Disney, you know, he, he talked like this. He was the guy who, who did, um, uh, who was, I love to laugh. <laughs> and so yeah. I said, yeah, I think I can. And we went to Pixar and the name guy who was like a, a SNL guy. It was the entire cast except for John C. Riley hadn't been cast yet. And it was another actor who wasn't quite a name, but was about to be more of a name. And mm -hmm. I, I know, I don't even talk. know his name. <laughs> he was rude to me. I didn't even know his name. Was he angular? Damn, he was wasn't angular. angular. He, wasn't, he was good for the role, but he's, he actually, he actually said okay. to me, I did like the first, hello, you know, welcome to the Roston race. And <laughs> like, did like, Bwah. and then he, after I was done, he said, are you really going to do it like that? 
Oh, oh shit, well, guess come what? On. Joke's on him because you're in the movie and he's you not. So, so I did that. Yeah, so I I did I did the I did Wreck It Ralph, and then they but then it was like Jennifer Lee worked on that because they they work by group. So Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck both worked on Wreck It Ralph in the making of it process. It was like a two year process, and uh, they were like, "Hey, we're doing this movie called Frozen. We like your work. We've got a role," huh. and it was like this little role. So it was, again, it wasn't the big names roles. It was just like a supporting role that they ended up saying, all right, that role didn't work. Halfway through, he was this fellow who liked cheese. He was, he was like, he had wet lips. I remember him having wet lips. And so he talked about cheese. <laughs> and he, was a, he helped the girls grow up. And, and, uh, and they Aww. said, we can't have him because they don't need, to, they don't need anybody to grow up grow up with they need to just need each other and they don't need a, a parent Aww. so he's gone <laughs> he's still in it oh, you'll see him i see him and i'm like oh there he is but he doesn't say anything <laughs> <laughs> um uh, they're like we have this other guy duke of wesselton do you want to do that and they they just bring you in and they hand you they just have pictures of him around and you just sort of work on a voice while you're there and they're like yeah do that do that yeah and you do that yeah yeah. It's oh, such you, a fun process. Say, yeah, I mean, it's a crazy process. I think it's yeah. nuts. Well, yeah. Alan, you said, like, wet lips. I mean, is that part of how you design these voices? Are yes, they if in you your have head? Wet lips. Or if you have wet lips, you... that's a whole way of speaking, isn't it? Because you're, you're aspirating so all over your lips. And, and it <laughs> suddenly starts to affect how you speak. I knew an actor who used to say mm. that he wouldn't, he would choose his roles by the way they held their mouth. And I, I, I have had some roles that are the same. That you, you, yeah, Jeez. you think about, you know, if you just pull your cup like that, you yeah, start it to changes like everything. That, that, yeah, that really it changes everything. everything. It's it like does. I'm Drew Barrymore. Also. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So anyway, oh I was, I'm always a small, a small role, but they said after that one, they said, we'll bring you back and just kind of, oh, I think it was John Lasseter who, you know, I, I always admired, and I don't make people sad or angry, but I always did. And he was, um, uh, he, so he started this idea that I was a, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like it's lightning's going to strike. Good luck charm, which is just ridiculous. But I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You can believe that. And so then they would always put me in a movie for 10 years. They have ever since they've done it. They put me at least in a thing that, like a bird that just goes, rah. And they're like, yeah, that's you. And it was nice of them to bring me on stage uh, for D23 yeah. because I'm just like the guy who does a thing. I'm sort of like the mechanical. The journey Yeah, man, the journey right? one. And then like, this is Alan Tudyk. Our, yeah. And they like announced it. And uh, I came out on stage and there's all the people at D23. And I was, comp my agent was with me. He was like, oh, you gotta get ready. You gotta get over here. You gotta, you're going out there. You, and the, she's like, you, have you looked at the script? And I was like, I saw it. Yeah, I got it. And I was so chilled out. And it's all because of cons. It's all because of going yeah. to cons. Yes! Talking to that that's, Dude. It's not like you're walking in front of a stage I, of just a bunch of people. They're friends. They're friendly right. people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. want you to succeed. You know, that's crazy that you say that, Alan. One, firstly, because you had speech background from when you were a kid. Right. You did speech, right? 
But secondly, we just did a D23 panel, and I feel the same way. I'm actually, I have a Broadway background, but I was a child actor, so I have a lot of complex issues with stage fright. And yeah, but these panels, especially leaning on my friend Will here, we get to do our back and forth, and there's only so many questions someone's going to ask you, right? And there's only so many things, and you know how to say them. So you get to have fun with it, and really it is about connecting with those fans because they do love you yeah, so much, it, Alan. Yeah, I, I, and I learned a lot doing those cons with Nathan Fillion early in the early years with, uh, yeah, sure. he's the one who brought me to them after Firefly, and he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's number, he one, number on one on the call on sheet. Every call on every call sheet. sheet. <laughs> he, although he, was, he did a voice for uh, Resident Alien, and uh, he played the octopus there's an octopus that i that that as an alien i can talk to octopuses we can talk um uh, mm-hmm. and we can hear one another and uh i said can we get nathan and nathan said he'd love to do it um but i think he was like number eight on the call sheet i'm just saying it's not- <laughs> Good. there you go i'm just saying <laughs> I just, it's not a close contest not, anyway, that's for sure. Of course, I did. I did rookie and I was, I don't oh. know where I was. <laughs> so. Oh my. Hey everyone, it's Scott Patterson from the I Am All In podcast. Be sure to tune in to the I Am All In podcast and check out my one on one interview with the one and only Jared Padalecki. We catch up on his experience as a series regular on Gilmore Girls what it was like playing teenage heartthrob Dean Forrester, as well as his successful career following. And of course, we couldn't let him go without asking him the question that is on everyone's mind. Is he Team Dean, Team Jess, or Team Logan? Head on over to the I Am All In podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Listen now. Okay, so last thing we got to touch on before before we wrap this up, because it's too important a world not to touch on, and that's Star Wars. What was it like joining the Star Wars world? I had a blast, man. Um, I was okay. So I did uh, K2SO. I was on stilts. I had motion captured the thing. But, but basically what that meant was I wore pajamas because they had a special. It was the first time. What we've all come to know because we've seen it enough now through the uh, Planet of the Apes movies, those gray suits with the black and white checks mm-hmm. on them and like a number and a thing. That was the first time they had been used on that. That was an ILM thing. And they're like, no, we don't need any balls. We don't need tracker things at all. Uh, The camera sinks to that, kind of like a, I don't know how they, it sunk, it it sunk, totally sunk to that. (laughs) And I would just act normally. And I knew that my face was frozen. Uh, My eyes, they would follow my eyeballs. And at one point he had, Eyebrows, I think. He did have eyebrows. I've got, I've got a cool ILM test of, of K2SO, and it was, a, it was a scene from Con Man of me sitting on a toilet, and I'm being hassled by the guy next to me who hears me on a phone call. He's like, are you, are you that sci-fi actor? I love that show. And then the guy over here is going, I don't, I don't know what show is that. I've never even heard of it. And they're talking to each other, uh, yeah. and I'm like, I, I don't want to. Um, they put K2SO over me and he's got eyebrows. So cool. that I still have a version of his eyebrows. <laughs> it was mainly a physical role. So it had to be done with the body, but we went to, it was before they had the volume, you know, the, the big volume you hear about where it's yeah. basically everything is projected. And so you, you can do, you can travel all over the world without leaving Long Beach or they've got one in Vancouver now and, uh, in London. But back then. Uh, just a few years ago, we had to go to Jordan, and uh, yeah, we oh, went all over the geez. world. Man. It was so cool. So, and I was living yeah. in London for six months and hanging out with oh. uh, really cool people. Uh, Felicity Jones is 
a sweetheart. And Diego Luna's a badass. He's, he's a badass. There's a lot of pictures. Like, they showed us a lot of pictures on set. And there's a lot of he and I sitting next to each other. And I'm just laughing my ass off. <laughs> he's quick and he's clever. And he's a genuine guy. And uh, so, and then The Voice. Yeah, The Voice was kind of, he was English. And they we decided what the type of, accent he would have English accent he would have and then uh yeah I don't know it was just kind of that was... did it help when you were living in um the UK yes. to to then synthesize that for yes character? uh I can I have to not listen to any Australians though I'll oh. yeah that'll mess it fast. up like all of a sudden yeah and Scottish English. watch out yeah, for that right. Scottish because I'm I'm not <laughs> As I've as I've gotten older and away from my training, I don't have as clear of an ear on those things to where I can go. Uh, yeah. So, Christy's also saying stay away from the Scottish accent, not the Scottish people in general. Oh, I think oh, yeah. stay away from yeah. Scotch. Oh God, they, really? Yeah, no, no, no. We can, no, yeah, no the Scottish I was, people. I was are trying wonderful. to be funny in a backfire. Sorry, because you can't do a Scottish accent. I digress. So. We have, and we also want to mention what you've got going yes. on now, right? We've got season two happening. Resident, Resident Alien. We're, yeah, we're coming, Is we're down, I mean? we're coming down the last three or four episodes of this second season. Yeah. Amazing. And then is there any cool stuff coming out that you can tell us about? Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> okay, so I'm in Strange World. Uh, I do a voice, but again, this is one of those voices where they're like, we got to bring Alan in, which is very nice. And I, I think, I think I have two lines. And I'm like, and I, I was like at D23, like, could you tell us about it? I'm like, I can't tell you anything. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just yeah, I was flying a thing. Like, oh. I'm in a, in a, in a moment. They're like, what's your voice? I'm like, I think he kind of maybe sounds like this. I don't know. He's rough, something roughy. <laughs> Um, oh, did you know I'm Optimus Prime? What? Are you? Isn't that insane? I did not. You know, I was Bumblebee for six years. So now now we've Danny Pootied. We, we, so welcome to the much. world, my friend. You've been Pootied. You got wow. Pootied. Uh, I don't, I took Woo. that job. What is that? Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I skimmed the email. It was like Transformers offer. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, I saw Prime and somehow missed Optimus. Or I read Optimus and my brain went, it's not Optimus Prime. Because I thought it was a different Prime. Because I did a role in one of the Transformers movies with another accent. Uh, where, yeah. Yeah, where yes, there was a different Prime. Yeah. Yeah, he's the Fallen. So yeah. I thought it was just some rando Prime. Like, Sphincter Prime, and yeah. I was like, this, this is going to be a cast of hundreds of people, and I'm going to, because it said all episodes, I was like, oh, okay, I'm probably going to have one line an episode, and uh, this will be fun. I loved Transformers as a kid, and um, yeah. then two days before, I started reading the science to come up with something. And everything highlighted was Optimus Prime. And I called my agent, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you, what are they, what are, I don't understand. 
how, uh, how have we gotten this close to this? And this is, we haven't had tons of discussions about why they've called me. Why would you call me? What do you want me to do? And we had long talks about it and they, they talked me in. <laughs> oh, it's a fun world. Oh, the Transformers world Talked is a, a fun, ledge. fun world to be in. It really is. Alan, I got to hear your Optimus Prime. Can we? Are we allowed? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no, are we? I think there was a, there was a trailer. Okay. Um, uh, okay, good. He talks a little bit. They mainly focused on the kids. Okay, so my character is Optimus Prime, and he sounds a little like that. And, and he gets a little higher into my register a little bit more. They want somebody who has got a little bit more play within him. And it's, you know what? That the thing about it was, and what I was saying to them was like, I don't know if this is going to play into my strengths because, like, we'd be recording and be like, all right, Autobots, Ricochet, you had your left turn blinker on the last 10 miles. Embarrassing. I love that. I love that. And, you know, that I've got, you know, I'm a long haul trucker with hemorrhoids. There's a lot of things that don't make it into the <laughs> You're many things, yeah. Al. <laughs> so, uh, and humble yeah. is one of them. So I'm going nice. to, so I'm that, I'm, that's coming out. Uh, that's we got picked up awesome. for a second season, which is cool already. We don't know how that worked, but uh, they decided it's because it's Nickelodeon. It looks really cool. They, yeah. The animation looks really cool and the fight scenes are badass. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a wonderful world to be in, the world of the Transformers. Do you get to say, rev up and roll out? Yeah. Or let's roll out? Autobots, Autobots roll? Yeah. Roll out! Yeah. Let's roll. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That, that, that was, that's awesome. Does your, Alan, does your voice change as, um, age? With, yeah. with time? Do you feel yeah, like your voice is, deeper. yeah? Does it get more robust? Because you can still keep the voices that you've had probably in your lifetime. I'm sure they don't just go away, right? Um, I don't think so. I'm, not yet. They will, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's getting lower. It's getting. I can. I can access more in the lower register, which is good. Yeah. And you don't and smoke do not, anymore, right? I haven't right? smoked for a while, like fifteen years. Good. See there. Good. See, we're all we're clean. We're getting. We're getting yeah. the cigarettes out. That's yeah, all that matters. Yeah. Out. Don't uh, smoke, kids. So there's that, it's and then there's uh, Wish, and then there's oh, uh, Peter Pan and Wendy. I play somebody. Uh, that's I play, exciting. I play somebody. I don't know. Darling. You don't play no, Hook? No, no. I play uh, Jude Law beat me to it. Um, uh, it's I play Mr. Darling. I, I just basically I'm the guy who says, He's oh, angular. That's awesome. You need to grow up. And then she goes away and I, she comes back after a movie. I'm like, Wendy, you've grown up. <laughs> that's, I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> but it was fun to do. So those are well, thank you so much for joining us today. We, you did not. This has been amazing. This has been amazing. You're a rock star, and you are number what one in my books. We went. You know where we started this? Where I was saying I don't belong in this world. I'm not a voiceover actor, yeah. and now you've been. You're very generous. Hmm. Well, it's true. I feel like I, being on this, being on your on your podcast. Thank you. Uh, I feel a little bit more, a little bit more of the world, a little bit more. Thank you very much. I'm just amazed uh, that how uh, I watching you discover the fact that right. most of your life is it's actually the whole movie. <laughs> the voice and like voice even acting. that, even the one, Mr. Darling, like that's another role. Yeah. Wendy, there you go. Grow up. What are you're, you doing? Uh, like all of that. That's another. You're not just a voiceover actor. You're the ultimate voiceover actor. People just happen to film <laughs> you while you're doing it. thank you thank you for giving me that oh man alan we're gonna ask a big we're gonna go ahead let's will let's ask alan a big ask 
What's our What's the big ass we have? Do for, you need, Do you need money? What's go, What's happening? No, mentorship. Oh yes. Well, when we get there, we will. So so we okay. are. He's a we, busy guy. We know that. We know you're very busy, but we are launching. <laughs> we are launching a uh, a wonderful contest on I Hear Voices, where it's called the Super Awesome Contest to become the next big voice actor. And so uh, the winner of the contest is going to be an amateur actor who's going to win a year-long contract with a voiceover agency. Oh. So uh, we were going to be later in the, later in the contest. We are for one episode each. Young voiceover actor will get a mentor that they will get to speak to for you know an hour and learn about the craft. So maybe as we get farther along, if your schedule allows, sometime we would love to contact. Yeah, you if, if I'm you in town, we do resident alien up in uh, Vancouver course. for. I think this year is just going to be six six months six six months. Well, you could you couldn't pick an uglier city to be in I, for six oh, months. We love yeah, it. Right? We, my wife and I love it. So uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I like talking to Youngs about the acting. Perfect. So Thanks, thank you Alex. so much for joining us. Do you have any social media that people can follow you on? I don't know. On the I'm same on way. Twitter. I'm on Twitter too much, um, uh, and then I should do more with Instagram. I'll work on it. <laughs> I'll get to you'll it. get to it. We'll get to and it. And then you'll be, and then you'll go back to con. Yeah, I'm going back to a con. I should probably know the name of it, but I don't know. I'm going to back to a con. Finally, I'm going to go back to a con. Cool. Good. Well, we do a bunch, so we'll be the crazy people that go up and tap you on the shoulder and go, excuse me, do you nice remember that you're on our yeah. podcast? Yeah. yeah. It'd be a yeah. lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yes. And I say shoot for being number one on the call sheet in your own fantasy. I think that's a good okay. a good goal to have. Okay. I think you're right. <laughs> I've learned a lot here today. You'll get Will's bill later. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alan. Thank Appreciate you. you joining us. Thank you. There's a word we use on Podmeets World all the time, which is unpacking. And uh, I think we just unpacked quite a bit with Alan Tudyk. That was, that was awesome. That was the most successful I Hear Voices episode because <laughs> – we literally got him to open up so much to us, and he that was just really cool. It was. I mean, he was an open book. He was such a humble person, and he, by rights, could be a total jerk because he's just so popular and so talented. But that's what that's what it takes, you know, to be like. Yeah, that's oh, just, he's just so. I'm just, so impressed yeah. by him, honestly. I really talent him. talent on a whole nother level. And I did. I meant it when I said it to him. He is a voiceover actor that people just happen to film. Ugh. Because I've said this before, I've worked with some of the best actors in the business, as have you, and the best actors, bar none, overall that I've worked with are the most talented are voiceover actors. They yeah. just are. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And theater I don't know trained, if it's because... too. And theater trained, yes, yeah. absolutely. But something about VO actors, and he's got that combination of being both, where that's why I say he is a voiceover actor that people happen to film. Uh, he's phenomenal what a conversation that was that was really really cool uh, we did mention a little bit about the super awesome contest to become the next big voiceover actor we haven't been harping on that too much because we as we say we're getting our ducks in a row but man these ducks are grand uh so wait till you see all the stuff we have coming for you and it's going to be soon going to be very soon we're going to be coming out with all the specifics uh and as we say all the time christy i don't know if you want to uh, take us out today with our nice little outro i thought you were going to uh, ask me to say what the contest is called and i was going to just do you want to shoot it down. out there christy i don't want the contest called uh um, really? the super amazing contest nope. to become the uh-uh. best voiceover actor uh-uh. of nope. your dreams nope and number six on it. the call sheet no, <laughs> it was close. We I'm will gonna get riff there on and, it. <laughs> I like it. 
So thank you all so much for joining us for what I can only say would be the equivalent of a very special episode of uh, I Hear Voices. That was really, really cool. And uh, yeah, just thank you for everything. And don't forget, if you think you have what it takes to step up to the microphone, put your voices where your mouth is. Thanks, everybody. I Hear Voices is hosted by Will Friedell and Christy Carlson Romano. Executive produced by Will Friedell, Brendan Rooney, Amy Sugarman, and Vicki Ernst Chang. Our executive in charge of production is Danielle Romo. Our producer is Lorraine Virawes, and our editor slash engineer is Brian Burton. And that uh, was my announcer voice. Some side effects of listening to I Hear Voices are sore abs from hilarity, falling down the Coco Melon rabbit hole, sneezing due to mass nostalgia, and hugs. Follow I Hear Voices wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of the amazing voices. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at I Hear Voices Podcast. To see the video stream, subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can also check us out on MySpace, Omegle, Vine, LimeWire, AM, and Napster. Okay, well, let's teach you about the internet. The who? Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.